Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we will be continuing our coverage of The Bad Batch uh, with episodes 13 and 14. So we've only got two more episodes of this show left. Yeah, we're only recording one more episode for season one. We haven't heard anything about a season two, but I'm assuming. After how episode 14 ended, I'm like... I think there's going to be a season two. Yeah. I don't think they can wrap everything up. It's not up. like a mini series like WandaVision. This is like Clone Wars. They're going to have multiple seasons for sure. Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be more. Um, before we get into all that, um, we do have some recommendations. Um, let's start with High School Musical, the musical, the series season two just wrapped up. Yeah, the finale. I have like a bit of like mixed feelings about season two. Um, I think season one is better. I agree with that. But I like different characters better in season two. Yes. I I think the thing is, is and you, you said this to me when we were texting, Joshua Bassett is best when he's not actually acting. <laughs> um, because he's not that great of an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it, I, I think, like, it, it was good that his character... And Olivia's character kind of went their separate ways anyway, because yeah. their scenes together were a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, like, I really think that there was something going on there in the first season where he, they were, he was working out feelings through his acting. I, yeah. If he was doing that intentionally or not, it just comes across that way, because he's just like, I, fo- I found his acting so stilted this season. Like, it was just so inorganic like it was completely different especially like after us like praising his performance in the finale like season one finale Mm -hmm. like we were like obsessed with his acting in that finale but now looking back it's like oh boy like i don't think that was acting no because he was just like really in love like for real Mm -hmm. and he released that new song this week on his instagram yeah yeah there's some drama. There is some drama going on. Oh, and, like, I mean, I this is, like, not me, like, saying that this show isn't worth the watch because I really still think it is and I'm still going to be excited for whenever season three comes. Like, I, I hope it does. I, I think they have enough viewers that it's not canceled yet. Well, and I, I think um, the good thing about season two is that it really made me love, like, everyone else. Yeah. Well, it's, like, more of a group cast than, like, the Ricky and Nini show, like, season one. Yeah, like, definitely um, EJ and Gina had a big arc. Mm-hmm. I would say Ashlyn had a big arc. They all had more to do than just, like, servicing yeah. that romance plot from the first one. I like, And I do think that maybe they leaned into Glee a little bit too much this season. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like, I, I, they don't need to be like Glee. They're their own show. Like, they don't have to copy them. Like, I mean, I love Ashlyn. I love EJ. I love Gina. And, like, Jordan Fisher being the big surprise in the episode before the finale, like, as a guest star, that was amazing. We both love Jordan Fisher. Well, and it sounds like uh, he's going to be in season three because he's going to be working with um the characters a little bit more Mm, yeah yeah season three is apparently summer wait is it confirmed season three well that's what they said when it um when it ended they were like buckle up wildcats this summer is gonna be hot so season three would be summer like not released like the the plot 
Oh my god, are they gonna sing the songs from High School Musical 2? Yeah, see, like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, we were denied High School Musical 2. Bet on it? Oh my god. Who's gonna sing bet on <laughs> Well, I mean, Ricky kind of, like, sang it a bit at the beginning of this season. Yeah, but it was not... I just... I, I really want EJ to sing that on it. Yeah, we're big EJ stands now. Yeah, no, but like, and I really ship him and Gina, but like watching the finale, I was like, maybe Nini and Gina is yeah. the real ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, I would also recommend the book um, This Poison Heart by, I think you say her name, Kaylin Byron. Um, it's a really weird way to spell Kaylin. Um, she also wrote Cinderella is Dead, which I haven't read, but our friend Andy told me it's not it's a little weird (laughs) um but this poison heart is like everything i love it's greek mythology it's plants it's poisons (laughs) it's inheriting a creepy house in the woods and it's full of secrets like yes everything (laughs) yeah cinderella is dead i always get really mixed reviews on that people love it or hate it yeah i want to try to read it now because i really liked this one and i think if it's not as good. I feel like it's probably because her de- it's her debut. Yeah. And then that would tell me that, like, she, you know, worked out the kinks and that's what made this Poison Heart so good. But this Poison Heart, just like, wow. Like, wow. So <laughs> everybody should read it. Is it going to be a series? Yes, it is. Okay. It ends on a, a little bit of a cliffhanger. I was um, turning pages like, excuse me, what's happening? <laughs> You're, like, in the acknowledgments, and you're, like, where did this story go? Yeah. If you want to know everything that I like ever, it's all in this book. It's that book. It's, just, it's all in this book. <laughs> it's this book. I want to be breezy. It's, like, that's what I want to be. Okay, so moving on from that, which honestly ties in a little bit because Greek mythology. Let's talk about the news. Um, Adam Driver is a centaur. That was a surprise. I couldn't have seen that one coming. <laughs> Honestly. Except, like, the whole timeline was, like, joking about him being a centaur, like, the day before. Yeah. And then he was. Well, like, back in 2019, when those photos um, surfaced from this photo shoot, from this video shoot, I should say, there was that picture of him sitting backwards on the horse. Like, I remember that. (laughs) I, like, remember him sitting backwards on the horse and being like that's weird but like i never like connected the dots and said what if he's a centaur no i think everybody was just like um when they released the photo of him those two photos of him in the water Mm -hmm. And everybody was remembering back to that horse. They were like, he's a centaur under there. (laughs) And then that commercial ends with that blurry, like, cryptid shot of him being a centaur. (laughs) But, like, at the same time, the marketing is perfect because it's exactly what his fans want. It is, like, to the T. Like, Burberry understands what, like, Star Wars doesn't. Yeah. No, because they, they gave us literally, like, a Ben Solo, like, on Naboo. That's exactly yeah. the vibe. And then they called it Hero. Like, excuse me. <laughs> and apparently in Canada, at least, you can get it at Shoppers, and you can get it at the Bay in Canada. It's just, it's just so, it's so funny. It's so funny. And then, like, the polar opposite of that is the House of Gucci trailer dropped. 
and he is the biggest awkward virgin with a bad I Italian accent. I love it. I love it. But our our friend Marge sent us a video of the real Mauricio speaking with his accent, and like, yeah, it kind of does sound like him. Yeah. When I first saw the trailer, I was like. I don't know about this. It's, I, no, I don't know. It looks so weird. It's so campy immediately. Yeah, I watch it again and I'm like, it's so campy. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah I understand. I see the vibe. I see where we're going. <laughs> I haven't wanted to actually go watch an Adam movie in a while. Like, there hasn't been something, yeah. a project that he's done where I'm like, yeah, I actually want to see this. Like, Black Klansman was probably the last one, like, besides. The Rise of Skywalker, which we all ended up hating anyways, but, like, we wanted to see it. Um, yeah. The, the projects he's been choosing lately just haven't been of much interest to me, I guess. Well, like, this is a movie that, like, I would want to see even if it wasn't Adam, I think, now that I've watched the trailer a couple of times. Yeah, and then, like, also, like, Annette, like, every extra scene that I end up seeing, like, leaked or, like, a new scene that they release, I want to see it less. Like, I kind of wish that I didn't see any of the Annette because every time I see more of it, I don't want to see it because I just cringe. Like, I cringe, like, so hard. That's, like, a movie we would have to watch, like, on whatever. It's not Rabbit anymore. But, yeah. Like, it's, oh, my gosh. It's giving me, like, Little Italy vibes. Adam doesn't sing badly, but, like, he sings, like, so, like, his tone is just, like, there's no, like, range to it. Like, it's just, like, kind of monotone the whole time. Like, I don't think I could sit there and listen to him sing just, like. No. For two hours. <laughs> It's it's just so bizarre. There is that scene um, that released this week where he's, like, walking through a club and singing about, like, how all the women in the club want him. And I'm like, do they? And it's just so weird. It's really weird. Which I kind of think it's the point. Because, you know, like, that the the sex scene leaked and it was so weird. Yeah. And, like, I think really it's the weird. point. But, like... It's still weird. <laughs> Between, like, what is it? The Last Duel, um, House of Gucci, Annette. I will not see The Last Duel. Like, I'm no interest no. in it. Um, I will, I want to see House of Gucci, for sure. Like, even, like you said, even if Adam wasn't in it, I would see House of Gucci. Because Lady Gaga is going to win an- another Academy Award for this. And then Annette, it's more of a maybe for laughs. <laughs> For the vibes. (laughs) For the vibes. I'm going to vibe to Annette. Like, maybe I should, like, make a whole event out of it. Like, make theme snacks and, like, theme drinks and, like, have, like, fun with it. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it it's so bad (laughs) that you just have to have fun with it. And, like, honestly, all of my interest is in this doll that plays (laughs) Renesme. I just, I want to see this creepy doll, and I bet she's possessed now, too. (laughs) Yeah. She'll join Renesmee at the Twilight Museum. We have to go there. We have to pay our respects to baby risotto. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from that, um, we had Comic-Con at home um, the same week that we released our last episode, and we got all of the High Republic news, um, everything about the Wave 3 that is coming out. Um, where do you want to start? We got so much information. Okay, um, 
Kevin is doing an IDW mini-series um, that it's a prequel about Ty Yorick, and I'm really excited about this. I haven't gotten into the IDW High Republic comics yet. I haven't actually gotten into any of them yet, but Ty Yorick is probably, I, I want to say is my favorite character right now besides our good, our good boy. <laughs> I mean, like, we think that they have some sort of bond. I'm, I'm into it. I like Ty Yorick a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's really cool because she, you know, is a Jedi who left the Order. So there's mm-hmm. something going on there. Well, she was a Padawan who left, right? Because she's not part of the Lost 20. Well, at that point, it's not 20. It's just the Lost. Yeah, I don't know if she was ever a knight yeah. even. I can't remember what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kevin is mostly doing the comics. Like, he's doing that little mini series. He's still doing that Marvel one. I love one. Kevin. Yeah. I love Kevin. Praise Cav. The, 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 the ground that Kevin walks on. Like, he's amazing. There was a soundbite from him where he says a Jedi joins the storm. I don't know if that was about his IDW, if that was about his Marvel, or if that was about Tempest Runner. But that's oh. really interesting. But, like, the whole thing up until now is that there there aren't four Caesars within the storm, right? Like, there's that one in the rising storm. Yeah. I, I think, like, there might be four Caesars, but, like, not from like not a jedi not trained right who do you think would join elzar (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) yeah no (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh Um, like that would just even like go more like fall more into the anakin padme obi-wan like yeah parallels and like i i don't think um like master comac or like wreath would join the nile but um we'll talk about this when we talk about out of the shadows um i don't know how far you're into it so i don't mm-hmm. want to spoil it but okay. there is unrest there are there are jedi who are like i don't like the way that we're going right now oh yeah like so far like in the book where i am like there's a major theme of the Jedi questioning, like, oh, like, I have this opinion, and I know that other Jedi ha- shares the same opinion as me, but we're kind of hush-hush about it because, like, everyone has mm-hmm. different opinions. Like, that's, like, a major theme. Yeah, it's it, it really is kind of like when in, like, the prequels, you know, they became so tied up with, like, the Senate and, like, the war, and they don't really question it till later. Like, this is really showing that questioning where people are like, I don't know, like, I think we should be more focused on the Nile, or I don't think we should be turning into a military. Like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. questions happening here. Oh my gosh, Elzar Men joins the Nile. I have so many questions about him. I have so many questions about him. And I just know, like, let's go ahead and talk about it. The next adult novel, Miss Claudia Gray, The Fallen Star. I think we have this, like on recording from last episode us us like we saying, do like i think i think it's gonna be her no we were we were so right and she's been glowing <laughs> and you know she, that she's glowing because okay. <laughs> she served us <laughs> angst <laughs> the last um two live streams she's done her skin is like so clear and like looks so soft and so glowing like i want to know what her like 
fit, like her like routine is like is she just like bathing herself in angst yes like she's using that Els she's using that Elzar man cleanser <laughs> it's his tears she's cleansing her face or Stellan's tears from from the oh my the, god from when he's crying <gasps> at the fair oh my god <laughs> No, like, this is going to be a dark section. Like, Fallen Star, it's going to be dark. What is the Fallen Star? Do you think the Fallen Star is a person or a thing? Well, I saw, I can't remember if it was Sarah or Brad say it was going to be Starlight Beacon. The the Starlight Beacon. Like, if that falls, like, yeah. and do you think that, like, it's going to fall into something? I think... There could be, like, an attack. They could, like, lose it to the Nile. It could be destroyed. Like, potentially lost to the Nihil and the Nile take it over and then use it to have power over the galaxy. Yeah, because, like, it was supposed to be, like, the shining light of the Republic and, like, show their outreach and all of that. And, like, them taking it or, like, the Jedi losing it or it being destroyed would send such a huge message um, which would be even yeah. bigger than them, you know, the, like the destruction on Valo. Like, mm-hmm. that's some heavy stuff. Claudia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and if it does have to do with Starlight Beacon, that's where Avar is stationed. That would be an Avar. My Avar. My, my Avar. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what that would be. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god, could this be the catalyst? Elzar becoming a Nile. Like, could, like, is it possible that, like, Elzar could see, like, it as the Jedi's fault and not the Nile's fault? I think that would be a Stellan arc a little bit. Really? I I think Stellan is kind of, I think he's still kind of grappling with, you know, he's in charge of the Jedi. And I think if Starlight Beacon falls, it's gonna separate him, Elzar, and Avar, because Stellan would have failed, and it could shake his, like, allegiance to the Republic. I think it would shake Elzar's faith in the Jedi, because he keeps messing up, and he keeps having these dark thoughts, and then Avar... I don't know what's gonna happen with Avar, but I I know it's gonna separate the three of them. I hope she doesn't die. (laughs) I don't think so. In Claudia's book, no. And then, like, it's interesting that this is another Claudia book with the word star in it. Like, good vibes. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, I love those vibes. Um, Okay, but pivoting away from Claudia, so she's doing the adult novel um, for phase three, or for wave three, it's going to be the last one for phase one. Um, Kevin, we're still getting Tempest Runner from him. He's doing some IDW, but he's not really going to be in wave three all that much. Next up, we have uh, Daniel Jose Older. Yeah, so he has a mini series coming out in October. And then he's doing the next YA, which is Midnight Horizon. So they're each like getting a turn. They're rotating through ages but like i don't i can't see claudia doing middle grade i could i think she could yeah no she totally could it's just yeah you know what she could do it i think she could do it it's not it's not really like what we would normally like want from her 
but I think she could. Basically, I'm okay with everybody doing everything. I just don't think Charles Soule can do YA still. <laughs> yeah. I'm really interested to see what um, DJO does with his YA, though. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm very interested. I don't... They didn't really give us any details about it. Yeah, like, I love his adult book. It's escaping me. Oh, um, Last Shot. Yeah, Last Shot. I love Last Shot. He... He writes adult great. Like, he's... That that book is, like, one of my favorite adult Star Wars books, for sure. So, I, like... And then now he's gonna have his first YA within Star Wars. Um, and I'm hoping it leans, like, higher YA, so it kind of, like, has a tone of Last Shot. But I, I don't mm. know. So, the first YA book with Claudia, you know, it was about Wreath, and they were, like, in Nan, and they were discovering the Dren gear and all that. Out of the Shadows, we see the return of Wreath. We see the return of Nan. That book gave me major vibes that Nan is going to be, like, a cent... Like, she she had a POV in Out of the Shadows, but I... Yeah, I love her POV. Yeah. I think she'll be the main character of the third book because of how Out of the Shadows ends. And that's really interesting because that would make it a little bit more Nile-focused. And I think... DJO could do a really good job with that. That is 100% speculation. I have no idea, though. Yeah. Yeah, he also talked about um, Ram from the comic, or from his middle grade book, coming back in the adventure comics um, with Lula and Zine. We also learned a little bit more about Edge of Balance from Justina Ireland, which is coming out um, in September. Life at the Temple Outposts. It looks really pretty. Yeah, it's going to be like very different, especially coming from Star Wars Publishing, to get like a brand new story at a like a, a, in a manga format. It's exciting because they've only done adaptations up until this point. Yeah, and the other ones have all been Claudia Gray. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I keep having to remind myself it's Justina and not Claudia. <laughs> Justina will be doing middle grade again, um, Mission to Disaster. I, do you think that Justina will ever get the adult one? I I mean, maybe. Um, maybe in like a next wave. But to me, like we knew she wasn't going to be doing it this time. Like we, yeah. we knew it was going to be Claudia. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of glad that you know, she's written one of the major books in each wave for phase one, and I think that's kind of exciting. But the last thing for wave three um, is the Marvel comics. You want to tell us a little bit about what's going on there? So Charles Soule is going to be doing the next wave, like, would you call it wave? Like, it's it's not a continuation of the current Marvel comics, is it? No, I think it's like the Ben Solo comics, maybe. It's like a mini. Like, it's going to be contained. Yeah, yeah. So it's called "The Eye of the Storm" by Charles Soule. I like seeing Charles Soule in Marvel. I was a big fan of the of the Ben Solo comics, even though a lot of people have issues with some of it. But I really liked it. He was good in Vader too. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Vader. Oh my gosh. I remember how, like, I forget how good some of Charles Soule's stuff is because I didn't Mm. like Light of the Jedi that much. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) No, I I do think that, like, the dark side and, like, villains is, like, his wheelhouse. Yeah. Maybe that's why Light of the Jedi was so weird for him because I feel like that is, it was such a lighter one. And honestly, the Nile was, like, the best part in it. And so maybe Mm -hmm. that's kind of why. Yeah. That's a good theory. Yeah, he should be writing villains. Yeah, so so here's the great debate. 
Is it Marcherian or is it Markian? Is it Kevin who said it was Markian? No, it's Charles. Charles said it? It was Charles. On Twitter? Okay. So Charles says you say Markian row. But like when you listen to the audiobooks of stuff, they say Marchian. So which is it? I, I like Marchian better. No, so do I, because Markian makes it sound like his like name's Mark. just Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark Row. <laughs> Which, honestly, you know, like, I love when Star Wars is dumb. Like, Count Dooku's name is, his name's Dooku. Like, it's just <laughs> stupid, you know? They call him, what do they call him? Do. Yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> like, so. <laughs> but when he said it, I was like, why is he, why does he keep saying Markian? Isn't it Marchian? But I have no idea. Um... He's a very mysterious character, and I honestly really like every time he shows up. He's so I think very that's going to be a really good comic. He's, like, so evil. Is he evil, though? Or is he just... He has daddy issues, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, he he's still evil. <laughs> I know, but, like... Like, with or without. But, like, he was neglected as a child and doesn't has never had love and I don't know maybe he could come back all you have to do is give a villain some daddy issues and then I'm like oh oh poor baby <laughs> oh I love Martian Markian but I like I I don't I don't see him as like redeemable like Vader and Ben I mean I don't think that's like I know you're like I mean I don't think that's <laughs> the point of his arc but I mean I I I will I'll be happy to be wrong. Like, I'm not I'm not anti-redemption. I'm pro-redemption. He just strikes me as very, like, early Vader. Like, when we were first introduced to Vader, like, that's what he kind of remind, makes me think of. Okay. So I wonder. We are only in phase one. That's right. Are we going to see baby Marky Mark racing some pod racers? Well, maybe in that prequel <laughs> novel... That I want that's going to be about, like, Adamon, Avar, El Elzar, and Stalin. There will be, like, a sides yeah. about young Marchian. Markian. I want, like, a teen soap opera at the Padawan Jedi Temple. That's what I want. Okay, so this means that Wave 3... Um, it's coming out in January of 2022. That's when things will get started. We don't have any, like, hard dates within that. Um, but the final wave for Phase 1 is the adult novel The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, the YA book Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older, Middle Grade Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland, and then the Marvel um, series Eye of the Storm by Charles Soule. And I think it's going to get really dark and then phase two is going to just be angst the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that they're going to put us back together. We don't know that. <laughs> I, but like, Kevin and Justina and Claudia know how to hurt you and put you back together. Yeah. They sure mm -hmm. do. I don't know. I don't know about Daniel Jose Older. And I, I don't think Charles Soule does the putting you back together. No, he doesn't do the putting you back together. He, as seen in the Vader comic, he, he doesn't and, put you back together. And the Ben Solo comic. Yeah. <laughs> he just does the fall. He doesn't do the rise. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the High Republic before we move into Bad Batch? 
No, I'm ready to talk about Infested and War Mantle. Oh, you're ready to talk about Infested? Tell me, tell me all about Infested, Alex. There's not that much to say about Infested. No. <laughs> um, it's the, it's my least favorite episode of Bad Batch so far. It doesn't make sense where it's situated. Like, in the order of release, we could have gone from Ryloth, like, the Ryloth episodes, into War Mantle. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Infested should have come out when they were doing, you know, the odd jobs for Sid, like, yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, when they, like, maybe after, like, Rampage or something. Yeah, I, I guess they were like, let's sneak this episode sandwiched between two really good episodes. I, I don't I, know. Yeah, I guess so. I, I've still thought it's been weird ever since they paid off the debt, but then they keep working for Sid. Yeah, they're still working for her, and I kind of wish they addressed that a little bit more. Like, address, like, why they decided to not go their own way. Yeah, like, I guess it's just because, you know, like, she's still, like, feeding them and hiding them, but they never really, like, yeah. Oh, talked yeah, it's, about it. It's probably, that's probably why, but I would have loved for that to be a conversation, because we're just assuming that. I kind of feel like when they paid the debt off, then they should have gone into, like, a situation like War Mantle or um, Ryloth or something like that, where they're being tested with like, maybe they should be doing something else, and that would have connected it a little bit better. Or, like, in a situation where they realize, like, you know, they're not, they need to, they need to be protected, so that's where they, like, make that decision to stay with Sid. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. So, um, this episode, Infested, um, it's all about Sid's parlor, um, being taken over by a guy named Roland, um, who is working for the Pikes, um, he's the son of a crime boss whose name they said, who sounded familiar, but I didn't take it down because um, I am a <laughs> professional. <laughs> what do you think about our little boy Roland here? Honestly, I didn't have a lot of sympathy for him. <laughs> kind of just like the way that he was like acting like he owned the joint. Like just, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I love baby Ruby though. Yeah, you were obsessed. <laughs> She's a space armadillo. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) An armadillo, but in space. (laughs) Honestly, good for her. I love that. (laughs) I do think that Roland was like, the look of him said himbo, but like he's not a himbo. No. Yeah. I like him. Maybe eventually. Eventually. Omega believed in him, though. Yeah. Omega believed in him. To me, like, my takeaway from this episode was Hunter once again, like, learning from Omega. And she is very much like, you know, there's good in everybody. Yeah, give everyone a chance. We have to help Sid. We have to go back for Roland. Like, you know, whereas Hunter is just like, if it's not about keeping you safe, like, I don't care. I think, like, the only other thing really in this episode, like, um, you know, we were theorizing about what was going to be infested. And were they, like, bats? Yeah, like, they were, like, bug bats. Like, I thought they were going to be spiders. There were webs. Yeah, that's why, like, the webs, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, spiders. I do like my Star, Star Wars spiders. <laughs> I, I know you don't like them, but I like them. 
I especially like them in Fallen Order. This reminds me, and it only reminds me because when it when it comes to sna- like spiders and snakes, like everybody's like has their one. Um, if you watch Jungle Cruise and you are afraid of snakes, um, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, I would. Yeah, that's. When I was a kid, I used to have nightmares about snakes all the time because I'd watch Indiana Jones all the time. So, like, I, I'm definitely more of scared there, there's of There's a character snakes. that I think is a little bit too scary if you're afraid of snakes and you're a kid. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be watching Jungle Cruise tonight, so I'll know. Yeah, you'll know. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't do spiders. These guys were more like bats, so they didn't bother me. It was okay. Bat boys. <laughs> <laughs> they were bad boys. I didn't get a good look at their wingspan. Um, <laughs> they were moving too fast. You also made a note on here, um, Roland body horror. Oh my gosh, like, were you, like, really grossed out when they cut his horn off? No, because I thought they were going to cut his head off. Oh, like, I just, like, I don't know, like, I was, like, squeamish about it. I was like, so they really, sure like, they were going like, to cut his head off. Like, it kind of felt, like, kind of violent for Star Wars animation. I guess, like, I mean, it's better than, like, cutting off a hand. But Star Wars animation. I mean... It felt like, like, he, like, and it was, like, he was obviously in pain. Like, he, like, I don't know if he, like, grunted or whatever. And I was like, ugh, like, is he okay? Like, what does it feel, like, like, what does it feel like for him? Like, <laughs> it, it was a weird choice for this episode. Both times I watched it, I felt squeamish in that scene. It's not that this episode is, like, a lighter tone, but, like, it's not, like, you're deep in the angst like we will be in the next episode. Oh, my so gosh. So it, it is a little bit weird to have that in there, but I have a feeling he's going to come back, and he's just going to come back, you know, like, with one horn, and it's just be like, we will remember yeah. him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, like, did they take his horn? Probably. Like, what are they going to do with it? Well, like, maybe surgically you can glue it back on. And it, like, oh, kind of, maybe like, he'll have, like, the red glitter glue, like Kylo Ren. Yeah. You could get that That'd um, be so ape cute. thing. The ape thing could do it. Get that k- Kitsugi horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that See, it represents the goodness in him, his himbo potential. <laughs> he just needs to respect Kasugi. women. He just needs to respect women. That's what he learned from getting his horn cut off. Yeah, he's going to learn to respect. Well, he didn't respect women because he took Sid's parlor. So maybe next time he'll respect a woman and not take her parlor. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Wrecker could teach him how to respect a woman. Yeah, good old Wrecker. Oh good boy. Um, I feel like that's it for Infested. Is there anything There's else in really, there? There were no like themes that I caught on to where I felt like this is progressing the story. It was a lot of the same of like the bad bachelor learning compassion from Omega. Like it wasn't anything new. No. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't want to say it was a filler episode because it probably was establishing Roland to be like a character that'll come back later, Mm -hmm. but it, it just nothing really exciting happened. I played Stardew Valley the second time I watched it and I was paying attention. I didn't miss anything, but I was harvesting some yams. So, <laughs> you know, but the next episode, War Mantle, 
Um, I was going along. I was watching it. Like it's, you know, they're they're freeing a clone from an imperial facility. Um, Gregor, Rex calls, yeah, yeah, Gregor. Um, Rex called them, and when I got to the end, I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is what we've been waiting for." <laughs> Yeah, like, this is the angst. This is setting up for, like, a two-part finale kind of thing. Oh, 100%. Like, this is what we've been talking about, like, leading up to forever. Yeah, heads up, like, we're going full spoilers on this episode because you don't want to get spoiled for this. Yeah, 100%. So the episode starts off with them in 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 the middle of a mission for Sid, which once the end, like why um with rex like calling them and saying like i need you to help me or i need you to save this clone for me um we find out later that his name is gregor and they like the bad batch learn pretty quickly that like it's not going to be as easy as they thought because he's being held in like this hidden imperial facility in the mountains in the mountains this planet is so pretty like the vibes it's- I the love it. cinematography of this episode looks like a movie. It reminded me of the first episode a lot. Beautiful. It yeah. was like so gorgeous. Like just like everything looks so meticulously like designed and like rendered. I I can't believe how good it looked. Yeah, no, a lot of care went into this episode, I feel like. So this Imperial base though like, we find out as they're, you know, breaking out Gregor, like, they, they already commented that like, the armor is different. They look a lot more like stormtroopers now than they ever did clones. And it's because they're not clones anymore. Mm-hmm. They, um, the Empire kind of brought Gregor into this facility to train the stormtroopers. Yeah, the replacements. Like, to take his job. Yeah, he's he's training his replacement. Yeah, and he says that, you know, like, the reason they do this, even though they're not as skilled as clones, because clones you can kind of tweak to be however you want, you know, there's an endless supply of them. Um, and you don't have to pay for them. They're lining up to be part of this empire. You don't have to pay for their creation. And that kind of hit me because there's another part of this episode going on with um, the empire back on Camino And, like, Crosshair mm-hmm. is there, and they're kind of talking about how, like, they want to get rid of the Kaminoans and that kind of thing. But, like, you know, Crosshair has made a place for himself within the Empire. And Gregor says, you know, it's the, like, the ones who want to stay are the defective ones, like, not us. One of these days, like, even if Crosshair wants to stay or, like, never comes to his senses, they're gonna replace him because he's a clone and they don't want clones anymore. For sure. I do feel weird about the fact that um, Crosshair was like, I want to hunt the Bad Batch. And then he didn't hunt but the Bad Batch. But then he didn't hunt the Bad Batch. <laughs> and then he kind of like, this is like fast forward in the end of the episode a little bit. But then he kind of like, it seems like he kind of took credit for the end of the episode. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, we're we're kind of, we're kind of getting there. You know, like, we did leave off with like, him being like, I want to hunt the Bad Batch. And then he just, the Bad Batch trying to escape um, and they're they're forced to leave Hunter behind. Like, there's no way to go back for him and, like, get out of there alive with everybody. I want to rewind and tell Omega that she did a really good job flying the ship. <laughs> yeah, parallel parking. Mm-hmm. Alex and I had this big conversation about parallel parking the other day. <laughs> I've never <laughs> had to parallel park in my life. 
<laughs> Go Omega. <laughs> She's doing better than um, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, but the scene was, like, so intense. Like, Omega's voice, like pleading cracking and pleading to go back for hunter and not only that but like hunter jumps onto the ship and slips and falls through all the trees and these are like huge trees like redwoods like Mm -hmm. they're like so tall and he like falls through them like hitting all these branches and then like somehow like hits the ground and like is clearly injured because he's kind of like like having a hard time getting up and like that's when like omega's still like we have to go get him we have to go get him and hunter's like no leave leave now yeah oh my gosh he knew there was no way out like that was so sad when that happened i was hoping that that would mean him and crosshair and at the end of the episode you do see him go into the cell and Crosshair is like, I was hoping for the whole batch, but I guess you'll do but or whatever. Like, it's so funny because Crosshair is like, I'm going to hunt the bad batch. And then, like, he, he wasn't just, even like, there. gets, like, Hunter, like, handed to him on a silver platter, basically. Like, he didn't do anything. No, he did not. But, like, this is what we've been waiting for. Because, like, I feel like Crosshair is, like, angry with Hunter specifically. Yeah. Like, they, like, specifically, they had well, a falling it's because out. Hunter, I think it's because Hunter is the leader, and he's the one who led the rest of the Bad Batch to leave the Empire. Yeah. I want to see them talking it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't, I still think, like, Crosshair turning away from the Empire is probably, like, later game stuff. I don't think it's going to happen at the end of this, but I do think something's going to happen to, like, plant the seed within Crosshair of the Empire is not good. And mm-hmm. That'll allow him to start fighting the programming, and then we'll probably see that in season two. The other the other option I was thinking about is that the Empire will realize that he didn't succeed in getting the Bad Batch, and potentially <laughs> um, the Empire will see it as Crosshair's fault for Hunter's escape, too. I, I do think he'll be blamed, Mm-hmm. And then that's when the Empire will be like, you're expendable, we don't need you. Ooh, that just gave me this thought of, like, season two being Crosshair's, like, Zuko alone season two, you know? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. I would love that, because, like, I I think that there's more to Crosshair being part of the Empire than just, like, the programming, and I want to mm-hmm. see that worked through. Like, I want to see him, you know work through the fact that, like, the Bad Patch abandoned him, and he ended up working for this regime that was, like, horrible and threw him out, you know? He's just a sad boy, and I, I want him to be okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see where that's gonna go. I even kind of wonder if Crosshair would help Hunter, like, whether it's reluctantly or what. I don't know. He's, like, really... In the Empire. Yeah, he is. I mean, that kind of brings us to, like, us talking about, like, being, like, expendable and all that kind of stuff. Um, we also see, finally, what the Empire is going to do w- about the Kaminoans. Yeah, and we saw this coming. We saw this coming. Um, what it looks like is um, they they knew that this was coming, too. So, like, 
they were kind of prepping, getting ready to leave, and they were caught trying to escape. And the Empire decided that Nala Say, as the scientist, um, is imp- like they could use her. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I do think that maybe that hints that she's going to be do like doing cloning projects, like specifically for the Empire. Maybe we'll see yeah, that later. Do you think she's under like the whole Baby Yoda thing project? <laughs> maybe. Um, do you think that they killed Lama Sue? That's the question. Like, we see them surround Lama Sue. And then the door is, like, closed. Yeah, like, unless we see him imprisoned, like, in the next couple of episodes, he's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Because they, they no longer need him because they don't need a politician. And, like, yeah, he, you're right. Like, Lama Sue should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, like, that was an intense way to end this episode. Like, we're... Like, what are we, What what's going to happen? Like, I'm, I'm guessing the Bad Batch are going to turn around and try to figure out how to break out Hunter. Yeah, do you think that the, the last two episodes are going to be on that same planet? Or do you think that they moved Hunter? Like, where, because now he's in the same place as Crosshair. Is Crosshair on that planet? Or did they move Hunter to where Crosshair is on Kamino? Mm. I bet they're holding him... I bet they were holding him on that planet because that's where they were holding Gregor, although that is where Gregor ran away from. Um, And then probably Crosshair was called in. But I kind of wonder if... I'm trying to remember back to, like, the first few episodes, if the Empire, like, wanted the Bad Batch for something. Like, if they think that they can utilize their skills, if they can, like, tweak their programming. Like, fix their inhibitor chip, like, put one back in. So, like, are they going to try to turn Hunter? Oh, my God. I can't. Like, Like, but, like, they took his chip out, so they'd have to put a new one in. Yeah. But if he's on a Camino, like, if if instead of of your theory of him still being on that planet, and they moved him to where Crosshair is, he's in the facilities on Camino where they, they could do that easily. Ooh. And that would be really interesting with them all returning to Kamino. Where they rescued Omega. Yeah, now we might get some rescue. answers about other things. Yeah, I'd be into that. That sounds that sounds interesting. And then we'd be able to touch base, you know, with Nala Singh. We'd find out if Lama Sue is dead. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I think that it's more likely that he's on Kamino. They moved him there. Endgame on Kamino. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so will we see Sid again? Do you think we're going to see Rex again? I don't think we're going to see Sid again this season. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see Rex. I think that makes sense. Um, that would make sense as to why they threw in that infested episode, because it was like, here's a little bit more Sid at the end before we transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wonder if they're going to try to get back up. And if they do, I could see them asking Sid or asking Rex and I Mm -hmm. don't think Rex would help them because he's you know hiding and that'd be too close to the Empire yeah maybe maybe do you think we're gonna get a cameo that we haven't seen before ooh like who I don't know I do wonder with Nala Singh being alive and she's the one who employed um Fennec. Not that I really think Fennec will be in the next two episodes, but that does leave the door open for, like, her doing more things. Oh, like getting Fennec to help? 
I like that idea, though. It kind of, because I'm just, like, thinking about how in Mandalorian, they brought in the Mandos to help. Like, they brought in, mm-hmm. they brought back Bo and gang. And I, and that was, like, that was, like, the highlight of the Mandalorian finale. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Um, I wonder, so, like, if they're on Kamino, what if not only do they save Hunter, but they, like, free the clones that are there? Or like Ooh. get them to help our our clone trooper, trooper rebellion rebellion yes mm-hmm. the one we were waiting for <laughs> we've been waiting all our lives for this one yeah no I'm I honestly think the finale is gonna be really good which is which Me honestly too. like Bad Batch opened really strong they've had a, they've had really good episodes I think it's lagged a little bit. But I think the reason it lagged is just because we've gotten so used to, like, miniseries with Disney+. Plus. Oh, 100%. Um, it's more yeah. in line with Clone Wars, for sure. And oh, I think people yeah. need to readjust, like, their view. Like, they need to readjust, like, the way they're, like, the lens they're watching this show through, I would say. Because, like yeah. you said, it's not a miniseries. It's not going to be high action every episode. Yeah, like, I know, at least for me, you know, like, especially coming off of Mandalorian and then, like, all the Marvel shows, I was, like, my I think my brain was expecting it to be, like, this tighter, really, like, story-driven every episode kind of show. And then, like, mm-hmm. it's not that, because it is, like, the other animated series, like Rebels or Clone Wars, where it's longer, it's more drawn out, there's some other episodes kind of thrown in there. They have time to really explore and expand and i think that just from what i've seen online i think a lot of people kind of went in with that mindset really good i'm i'm loving clone um bad batch sorry yeah bad you just batch. got the the lego set yeah i hope i get it soon like mm-hmm. it came out today august 1st and um it's like on back order like at most places but the place oh i gosh. ordered it from it says it's going to come this week. That's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> when you sent me that, it was the, re- like, I just realized that Tech was the only other one with hair other than Hunter. And it was so <laughs> weird to bald. think about. <laughs> Tech has, like, a receding hairline. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just. Hunter's the one with the big, glorious hair. Okay, but, like, here's, here's the thing, though. If they mess, if, if they are trying to, like, mess with Hunter's brain, they're going to shave his head. But they didn't shave his head to take the inhibitor chip out. I know, but they could have. And if they do, if the Empire does it, they're 100% going to because it'll show that his character has changed. Aww, hopefully his hair grows back <laughs> quick. <laughs> We're going to have, like, Avatar with <laughs> Aang, like, growing his hair out. <laughs> Oh, I okay, love but Hunter's like, hair. honestly, though, like Hunter with like a new hairstyle, like to symbolize growth, like you know, man if bun. he has to grow, man bun. I would love to see a man bun. I would love to see some braids. Like he could do so much. Tie it back in a ponytail, like Hunter, please. He has great hair, but not gonna lie, it's a little long and greasy. Just put it up in a bun. I think it's greasy. <laughs> How often do you think it's they shower, hard. Alex? Oh. Does he look like? Does he look like he has a hair washing routine? No. 
But, like, they must have, like, they have a refresher on the ship. Oh, yeah. I mean, out of all of them, he's the one who is, like, really keeping up with hygiene. Like, you know whose hygiene is the worst? Probably Wreckers. Like, let's be honest. You think so? Who do you think it would be? Crosshair. Aww. <laughs> poor, poor Crosshair. He doesn't have time to shower. He's too angry. <laughs> I feel like Wrecker was, but now he probably isn't as gross because of Omega, is what I think. Yeah. She probably inspired Because, like, them. you know how everyone is comparing Wrecker to Emmett Cullen? Like, <laughs> Emmett Cullen isn't dirty. I mean, he's like a rough-and-tumble boy. He gets dirty. <laughs> <laughs> rough-and-tumble. <laughs> That's what we say about Draco, because he's always just, like, out in the dirt. <laughs> like <he's> just... <laughs> Wrecker, always out in the dirt. Yeah, Wrecker strikes me very much as, like, a rub some dirt in it kind of, kind of death. Like, there's two ends of the spectrum to it. It's either that or it's he has, like, a ten-step, like, regimen, like, routine. Like, it's, that is it's either, so true. It's, yeah, it's, it's either end, like, not in the middle. Yeah, no, it's 100% not in the middle. I feel like... Tech probably has the most meticulous routine. You think so? Yes. You think he has nice skin? <laughs> like, I think this because he has glasses. He seems very type A. Um, he's got a little bit of Virgo energy, not like a ton, but like. So you're like just, you're you're relating to him a lot. Is I'm what relating you're to him. I I feel like when Tech needs to unwind, you know, he like plops his little bit of hair, <laughs> does some eye cream. Plops. <laughs> <laughs> that's Hunter's yeah, that's the one who needs a plop. No, I know. Like he needs to, but. He always just puts that bandana on. Like, Hunter, you're not going to get any, like, volume with that headband. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> you can't you can't get this conversation anywhere else. Got to come here <laughs> for this hair care routine. <laughs> I think that's it for War Mantle. Um, the other thing that was really, that I really liked is that um, there was a callback to... Um, Echo's time on Skeko, which I really liked because it really explained why Echo is like, he wants to help these clones. He wants to help Rex. And it's because they came back for him and he doesn't want that to happen to anybody else. And I, I really liked that little bit of character that they threw in. He's still our pale robot. He needs some sun. Yeah. He's very, very pale. Maybe, maybe Tech will share his skincare routine with him. Yeah, but make sure that he's putting sunscreen on because we don't want him to burn. No, I <laughs> like. Has he been getting sunburned because he is so pale and he's bald? Yeah, like you would think that he this far into the season he would have a sunburn. Yeah, and I would think that Tech would get like tan lines from his goggles, hundred <laughs> percent. But, like, I don't know why that's so endearing and cute that he would have tan lines from his goggles. Like, that's just. I don't know. It's because it. they're like glasses and we like men in glasses. <laughs> That's what it That's is. That's true. That's true. 
Um, is there anything else that you want to say about War Mantle or Infested or any of this? Um, no, I'm really excited for the last two episodes. I'm sure yeah. we'll be like screaming next time we record. Yeah, it's it's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be a lot. I think it's gonna be a lot. Um, listen, when Star Wars hurts me in the right way, it's great. So as long as I'm, I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> it's a good kind of hurt. It's a good kind of hurt. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. Um, if you want to keep the conversation going, like always, we are always on Twitter um, at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>